Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello everyone and welcome back to Streaming in Place. It is week eight and we are on Lucifer season three, episode three, Mr. and Mrs. Mazikine Smith. Um, but I just choose to think of this as we're starting season three, guys, because isn't this so <laughs> much better? Um, yeah, I mean, like. We, there was much rejoicing in, in the Kulzik household when Lieutenant Bland didn't show up. Though I will say that my mom thought that the major crimes guy who showed up was was Lieutenant Bland. And so she was like, I thought you said he wasn't in this one. I'm like, that's a different guy. That's not him. And she's like, really? <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's better. <laughs> so anyways, the, the dragging is continuing um, at, at, at my household. But it doesn't matter for this episode because we just mostly get to spend a lot of time with Maze and therefore all is right in the Lucifer world. Uh, Allison, were you relieved to get some time away from uh, Lieutenant Bland and more time with uh, with Masking this, this, this episode? I mean, I feel, is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> um, I was, I watched this morning and I was sitting, I was like, okay, here we go. I remember this had a good title. There'll be some maze. That'll be good. And I was sitting and all of a sudden it was like, oh, right. I like this show. It's so nice to remember that I like this show. We had Trixie. Like we had all kinds of, I, when Chloe said, I'm not worried about maze, I said out loud, I'm worried about Canada. And then when she said it, it was incredibly satisfying. It wasn't like, oh, well, I know what she's going to say. It was like, no, of course you're worried about Canada. I'm worried about Canada. I just, I had a very good time. It was very nice to, and it, it sounds ridiculous to say, because I know it's only episode three of this season, but it feels like it's been forever since I last watched an episode of Lucifer and was excited about it. So um, it was very pleased. Yeah, <laughs> I, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, Noel, how was it for you? I mean, I think this is an all-time great episode if they had had some Marcus Pierce in it. Without Marcus <laughs> Pierce, I feel like the episode's just <laughs> lacking a little bit. There's something missing from Je ne sais quoi. Yeah. yeah, there's something, I think it's beef. I think it's big, beefy Tom Welling arms <laughs> that's missing. Um, it's entirely too interesting. It would It would have been a perfect episode if it was only slightly more boring and frustrating. Exactly. I mean, you want those imperfections. It's how you know what beauty is. is the imperfections. Um, uh, Keenan says, literally was about to say who because I forgot that was his character's name and because he's so bland. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> anyway. And I can't forget and it's Marcus's fault. Um, it's our Marcus who we like. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. No, I think that the episode's very good. It's really fun. It's really delightful. My My only big, like, frustration is that they do a Canada episode after they've already decamped to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was just like, that's not how this works, but no, I think that it's really fun. It's really, it's a really good way to sort of, if like you caught up a little bit or you would like just decided to check out Lucifer and we're like, this is a weird show for two episodes. And then it's like, Oh, this is the show. Oh, this, this lady is really great. And I think that's really good. Cause I'm always thinking about like when we do like, lots of streaming shows or syndicate or like syndication at this point, sort of, of what was the experience like watching this the first time in terms of like Fox broadcast stuff. And I feel like that this is a really good example of, Oh, right. This is the show. Don't worry about it. The other stuff's still here as the episode just kindly reminds us, <laughs> but there's still plenty of other stuff here and it's just really fun. It's really flirty. It's really silly. Lucifer for whatever reason, just like, 
Crash's girls' night that they forgot to invite Ella to. Um, so I think it's a really good episode, and I had a very nice time with it. Well, yay. Good, good. Because I was like, oh, crap, guys. If you don't like this one, we're going <laughs> to... It's going to be rough. Um, so good. I'm glad that we like this one. Um, we have to start... I mean, I can commit to not liking it if you want for the drama. <laughs> well, I no, will do that. <laughs> we've got to start with Trixie, because last time I forgot to give Trixie her due and to, for us to talk about it, so talk about her scene. So let's start with Trixie being adorable and theoretically having emptied out mazes, whips, and knives thing that's the part that i most enjoy the fact that it's she clearly like has like i like to think either stashed them under her bed or neatly sorted them back into their their you know wall mounts in mace's room so that she you know so she's clearly very intimately acquainted with mace's bag of knives yeah i as much as i enjoy the mental image of trixie shoving over some of her chocolate cake to make room for all of maze's whips and knives under her bed i think i prefer thinking of her of her as kind of like her squire like she's familiar with the armory and she occasionally sharpens some blades for her she knows where everything goes and she's like well really maze i think i'd suggest the cat of nine tails in this situation like that's that's i guess my headcanon um for what happened with the whips and knives it was so charming <laughs> it's very good it's very good Keenan says oh my omgs squire trixie i like this combination of squire and caddy i feel like works really well <laughs> for for the two of them um yeah it's, it's very good we also got some good stuff with dr linda who's just like guys i had like a, a semester of med school whatever it was it was a very brief time in med school <laughs> and they keep calling her with wounds um yeah i will never I get she, tired I of that i think psychiatrists have to do more than a semester of med school oh okay because she's a psychiatrist not a psychologist that's a difference right she's a, she that was actually one of the questions i had like early in the show's run was is she a like, clinical psychologist or is she, is she a psychiatrist okay. and when she's called in for the court stuff she's id'd as a psychiatrist Okay, okay. Yeah. Scotty says it's becoming more urgent that Linda get her MD. Yes. Uh, and Keenan says, also, I have great fondness for drunk Linda, still looking out for everyone. I was enjoying the tequila shots and the logic of, of, of all of that. I thought it was a pretty pretty decent drug performance. Yeah. Yeah, good. Very good. I will say, uh, I, did, I don't love every part of this episode. I love uh, Mays not being prepared for Canadian weather and <laughs> acquiring a jacket. In, in a delightfully maze way very here for this um i don't know how i feel about the casting of mr mazikeen smith it's he's very forgettable but i think that's kind of maybe supposed to be the point because he blends that's why he's been on the run for so long because he's not super memorable i like that they didn't they clearly going for a particular kind of canadian handsome and they didn't want him to be like you know i like that they gave elizabeth you're not that attractive you're mildly attractive, but you're not that attractive. I like that that part of it. Um, but I also like I don't know, I don't think that they sold the danger enough. It was too he felt very safe the whole time. And I don't think he was supposed to. So I don't know how that really that part didn't quite land for me as well. Um, though I thought the performance was fine throughout. What what did you guys think about Mr. Mazikin Smith? Well, I think like a couple things. One is that I mean he's an American. Like he's, oh, he's just American. Hi he's hiding out in Canada because he allegedly killed a bunch of people, um, um, teenagers or kids or something. Um, and I think that it's a weird sort of like narrow path that that character gets to walk of. Um, and I agree with Keenan that he's physically imposing but has a sweet dad face, 
which is, I think, appropriate, <laughs> considering he actually didn't do anything wrong. He was framed. Um, but the degrees to which he's apparently, like, is he conning these rich women out of their money for castle stuff? That, that seems a little, that seems a little much. But I think that your point, Kate, about, like, having kind of a forgettable face of, like, being just handsome enough to lure you in, but forgettable enough that you can't really ID him after the fact, is actually the traits you want in a sexy con man. (laughs) Um, so I think that it generally works really well because he's not supposed to be dangerous he's he's the he's a non-violent con man basically is the implication except that he started as a bounty hunter he started as one of the most reliable bounty hunters for um herrera the bad guy whoever the bad guy is um and that's how he got wrapped into all this um in the first place so i like oh i missed that beat and then i take back everything i said and i'm wrong so i'm gonna sit down now but I think it works for most of the episode, but then at the, when they do their twist and they do their turn on that, then I don't know how much I buy it, but it's a detail. I also wasn't, you know, loving these, like, do we have to tie this into Sinner Man? Can we please not tie this into Sinner Man? <laughs> Let's just have fun in Canada. Come on, guys. Um, well, the yeah. second he said, you know, it's not him, it's who he works for, I was like, oh, fine. That's okay, I guess whatever but come on more canada jokes like it's as long as the people are just like in green screen snow staring at each other mm-hmm. and fighting and hitting each other with tree branches also we have not discussed dan so i assume we are coming back to dan <laughs> yes we are coming to dan yes okay good um you know i i feel like the of the the two sort of issues we're weighing here the cinnamon thing bugged but whatever the casting mostly worked for me i like the idea that this is like maze gets by on all kinds of things right like obviously she's insanely hot um but also lethal and driven and crafty and all of that stuff getting the free drink coupon bounty was hilarious and very good indication of another facet of her skill set right um but making it so that he's just sort of like, like dad face. So it's gotta all be intelligence and charm is interesting. And the fact that his scenes with Maze were at all compelling, like the fact that he was able to sort of match her level, I think is, was the number one requirement and that worked. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't mean he didn't bowl me over, but. I but I enjoyed it. You also don't get the sense that he's really a threat. Like they're not equals. And that's it's not supposed to be that they're equals. It's like, oh, this is more fun than I thought it was gonna be. Okay, that's better. You know, like with the the cuff and at the bar and that kind of a thing. Like yeah. she's not really having to stretch herself. She's not really in danger from him. It's just enough that it's like more exciting and fun and a good change of pace from what she's been, you know. <laughs> the delivery, right. the the performance and delivery of I have a coupon for a free margarita was just delightful. <laughs> like way to sell your one line dude very nice very good yeah um so yeah that i think that that you're you guys are right you guys are winning me over to the casting with as we talk about it i'm liking it more um marcus says i didn't like the casting of norm the receptionist they went super broad i would have much preferred him have more specific casting, making him more specific casting namely making him australian 
And Scotty says, well, uh, he's not as bloodthirsty as Maze, but the danger is how capable of evasion and success he is. Like, no one can stop him, he's, but he's not out for violence or viciousness. Yeah, I think that's good. I think it's a good point to make. Um, I like the receptionist, even though it was very on the nose, don't you know, and everything. Um, I, 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 it's supposed to be broad, but I, enjoy, I enjoyed the sweater and everything. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, I liked that joan the room service lady Mm -hmm. came back like taking the picture and then being the yeah i thought that was a fun little twist in that scene but i agree it was a little like cartoonishly canadian for me the next part of this episode that we have to talk about is of course as you have already mentioned elson we must talk about dan and his hawaiian shirt (laughs) and how he's no maze ate his pudding it was labeled oh it was yeah (laughs) But what I want to know is, do they share an office? Is this the same building? Or did she go to the precinct to get the pudding and then take the pudding to a completely different building? Like, just so that she could enjoy it while she was doing it. It was, it was great. I, I have to assume it's the same building, just like a different floor or like uh-huh. part of the building. Because uh, it has that same cool, brutalist gray-blue lighting and like concrete and way too much glass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maze with the pudding, with the labeled pudding, is the image I will be using for this episode. I have already decided. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. But the rest of Dan is just really, really good. Like, I like his just really bad generic Hawaiian shirt. I like the fact that he has three layovers to get to Hawaii from Los Angeles. And I have so many questions. He had to use points, but then I have questions about where he's going. Like, Van- he had to go up to Vancouver first. Did he go back south again after? Did he have to go to Sacramento after? Um, I just, I had so many questions about his flight itinerary that I very badly wanted to know where his layovers were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It was, and his points program is terrible, Marcus. That's It's not a good program. You got to get the Jennifer Gardner points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he needs a vacation so much. I felt the second that Chloe was like, hey, I need a favor. I was like, oh, no. Oh, Dan's vacation. Oh, no. He really needs one. He really got it. He tanked on that comedy stage. That is going to live with him. He needs some time away. He needs to read a book. He needs to surf. I feel it. I like I wanted that vacation for him. Um, But it was real. I thought it was um, just a wonderful grace note, his reluctance. Um, But you knew because Dan is ultimately, even if he is a crooked cop, is a a really good guy that he was going to stick around. And watching him come flying out of the (laughs) woods was so gratifying. It was just a delight. Uh, It did make me think of one thing, though. Are we just never going to acknowledge that Dan and Mays killed a guy? No. Yeah. That's just that's a wrap on that. That's totally a wrap on that. Unless you want to deal with the Russian mafia more, more palmetto. I mean, I don't, for, I don't. For now, yeah. But, you know, it it does seem like the kind of thing that might eat the guy alive. Um, so seeing them together made me think, oh yeah, they killed, they killed someone together. Right. They're pals because they killed someone together. But um, they didn't kill the person. They well, just informed on the person to someone who's definitely killing them. Guns don't kill people, Alice, and the Russian mob kills people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they had the guys. They handed him over to death. Yeah, they definitely did that. Also, he wasn't really hiding, but that doesn't that doesn't change the yeah. fact that it's wrong to turn people into the Russian mob. Listeners, don't do that. Yeah, 
Yeah, should have. Yep, not good. Anyway, um, still, assuming you can put that little piece aside, which I gladly will, um, it was a delight watching Dan fly out of the woods. It was just, it was great. And then he rolled right into that tree, like, watch out for that tree. And then, um, and then just didn't get up for a while. And I was like, is Dan dead? Did he get a concussion? I mean, I know that Maze is fixated on her handsome con man, mildly handsome con man. Um, but shouldn't she be like, well, didn't I see Dan come flying out of the woods? Like he had jumped off a trampoline? Because he's got to be somewhere, but now I don't see him, and then he was fine. Yeah, when the snowball came in, I, I legit had forgotten. The snowball! Oh, God, I forgot about the snowball. It was so good. <laughs> it's like, wait, who threw that? And then, and then, yeah, this is a show that appreciates its out-of-frame, you know, charge moments, and so do I. So we're good match that yeah. way. Um, how about the Chloe stuff, you know, parts of these and like our Lucifer Chloe, like subplot tracking everything. I, I like the awareness they give her here and just a little bit of time spent on the Chloe Mays relationship. Yeah, I really appreciate how sort of like both like obsessive slash helicopter parenting it is of, like she's got like a live tracker of crimes in Canada on her like computer at her desk and it's constantly refreshing it to make sure that either a maze is okay but b more importantly that canada has not burned to the ground (laughs) um and i just love that whole like concept of yeah no i'm worried about both things and i'm just going to keep checking it and we've been talking a little bit about chloe sort of being off for the past two episodes and i feel like she's on in this episode um, in terms of both costuming, like we talked a little bit about a costume change, but I feel like the costume is a little more Chloe in this one. But generally just the attitude, the writing, and even the performance feel more in line with Chloe from the previous two seasons. And that was that was that was just really, really great to see. Um, since I missed that. Yeah. Agreed. It was very refreshing to see her be good at her job again. Like competence. It's it's a delight. Yeah. Um it wasn't really good. I also appreciated the the pivot from Chloe is worried about Maze, but also about Canada to Lucifer is worried about Maze because they were worried for different reasons. And it makes it made perfect sense to me the point at which they sort of cross paths, um, because obviously Lucifer's worry is going to be totally prompted by her behaving in a way that he thinks is out of character, which we know to not actually be out of character. Um, but he doesn't because he hasn't been paying attention because he's a terrible friend. Um, sorry about it, Lucifer. Mm. Um, whereas Chloe recognizes May's asking for help for what it is and, uh, is then reassured that she is going to be fine because she's able to, um, know when she needs to reach out and uh, all of that stuff. Um, I thought that that was a really satisfying little pivot point in the episode. Yeah, I think it works really well here, but I don't think it tracks with our end of season two moment we had on the couch at Dr. Linda's. Because you'd think after that he should be more aware. But frankly, after the first two episodes of the season, I don't really care that it doesn't quite track because um, clearly Lucifer has been backtracking in some of his choices and his approaches to things. And the show has been backtracking him a bit. So it made for a good episode. So I'm not going to second guess it too much. He's, it's very 
one step forward, two or more steps back at the moment. So, um, so it didn't really bother me either. It'll bother me if we never return to that again, but it didn't surprise me that Lucifer being self-absorbed and short-sighted about Maze was sort of a major point of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, does anybody who's in the chat have anything they want us to touch on or are things that they liked about this episode? If so, drop them in there. Otherwise, final thoughts. What, well, what did you think? There's two things that we need to discuss, though, real quick. So okay. first is the fact that Maze doesn't know how to turn off video conferencing on her phone. She just puts flips the phone screen down. That doesn't turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> and second, that while she looked up how to sew someone shut, she added a button. Yeah, the button. <laughs> Which oh, is not how that works. <laughs> it's so demented. It's so deliciously demented. I ju- There's something about... It's like she Googled, like, how to sew and just yes, went with no, that. Yes, no, that's the thing. It's like, that's what she did is, like, instead of, like, suturing, she did a, like, a sewing and then found a button and sewed <laughs> it in and then had to look up how to sew the button in. And I'm just like, oh, this is just very good. Yeah, it's great. This is very good. He's going to die, but this is very good. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's so good. I will forgive them for the one of the most irritating uh, and my one yeah. of my biggest pet peeves ever in TV, which yeah. is you got to dig the bullet out. How? Right, which Marcus How you... just pointed out as well because you shouldn't. You, should you shouldn't. Just, yeah, you should leave it in there. Yeah, <laughs> in order to stop the bleeding, you have to remove the thing that is applying pressure to the wound. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. Uh, Keenan says the button is so upsetting and hilarious. Marcus doesn't like the trope of having to remove the bullet. Yes. Sky says, I forgot how dirty her hands must have been in retrieving that bullet. I was hollering, wash your hands. At least douse them in vodka. Yeah, she had that raspberry vodka that was totally going to work just fine. <laughs> I thought that that was really in character. Like, that was the thing I enjoyed. I don't love that trope either. But Linda giving her advice and being like, oh, God, I mean, I guess you're doing what I said. And watching her just, like, dig her fingers in. Like, she didn't use tweezers. She wasn't being careful. It was just like, okay, here we go. Um, I thought I thought that it was enjoyable. I am acquainted with human innards, which you know she probably is. Yeah. So, yeah. And maybe I just have Outlander on the brain, but I was like, oh, my God, so many germs. This is just, oh, he's definitely going to get an infection. Maze is the last person I want performing any sort of medical procedure on me ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. But yes, good call. The button was hilarious. That was an excellent, excellent point. Was there anything else that we missed, guys, that we need to make sure we, we touch on? No, I think that's it. Unless we really want to talk about gloves and filing systems. No. No. Label makers? I don't, I mean, I'm considering purchasing a label maker. I will take recommendations if people have them. That's another very quarantine thing to do. I'm sure Wirecutter has a great rundown of the best label makers. I'm sure they do. (laughs) Um, I want to say one thing, which is that while I don't care about that little button on the button <laughs> on the end of the episode at all. I did enjoy that they included Amenadiel's fake doctor name <laughs> on his file. That was just, it was like, you know what? That's thorough. That's some mm-hmm. thorough research. Yep. 
Okay, well, we'll have more on that at some point, probably, based on the ominous lighting of gloved hands. Um, so that will <laughs> wrap up our conversation about Lucifer Season 3, Episode 3, Mr. and Mrs. Mazikeen Smith. Our next episode is going to be for tomorrow, and that is Episode 4, What Would Lucifer Do? So, you know. I mean, what wouldn't Lucifer do? More on that tomorrow. <laughs> Well, Keenan says lie. Yeah. Well, yeah. just depending how how you define lie. Obscure the truth, not lie. <laughs> <laughs> More on that tomorrow. Thank you so much to our, our listeners who've been hanging out in the chat. And today, that is Keenan and Marcus and Scotty. You guys are delightful. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. So until then, bye. Bye.